Welcome to Frankly Speaking. With Mayor B. I'm Frank Pesnick III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve even deeper into our series, The Hills Have Size, where we revisit the nightmare fake reality show from MTV, <laughs> The Hills. Today we'll be discussing season four, episode 18, Dream Boy, Dream Job. Let's just dwell on that for a second too. Episode 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds really high. It's, it's pretty high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anything house cleaning? Oh, I have a literal fuck ton of house cleaning. Okay. So, first and foremost, <clears throat> as you know, um, Heather Johnson came to visit Blue I know. Cookie 0989 uh, last Monday, and we had an amazing day. She and I went to the museums and the W Hotel, and then you came and met us, and we went for like a light dinner and some drinks. Um, talked reality television, and it was awesome to meet her. We had such a good time. Thank yeah. you so much, Heather. It was so fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And I think I had enough drinks to make up for the fact that Heather didn't have any. My yeah, friend. I think the two of us <laughs> definitely like made up for it. But it was a pleasure to meet you, Heather. And anybody else who wants to come visit, please do. Yeah, we'd please. Love we love it. Um, and unfortunately, I mentioned a few podcasts back that we were going to have a, a special guest star, and that would have been Heather. That was a special guest star that we were going to have. But due to circumstances beyond either of our controls, we had nowhere to record that day. So unfortunately, yeah. that wasn't able to happen. Cocktails are fun. Yeah, cocktails were super fun. Um, then, on top of that, um, I have some Twitter. And I have to apologize. I just, like, usually I get the Twitter alerts. And for some reason this week I wasn't. And I, when I just went to look, I saw a whole bunch from you guys that I hadn't seen or liked or retweeted. And I will, because I just hadn't seen them yet. Um, so, let's start with... Twitter sounds. Twitter sounds. Um... Heather was very impressed uh, by Justin Bobby's use of the word hindrances. She liked that he had such a large vocabulary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Heather posted a very nice picture. I would have picture. liked to see that on TV. Um, Heather posted a very nice picture on Twitter that you guys can see of us when we met up. And also, I believe it's on our Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, Lee tweeted, um, Lee Fenn, our Australian fan, um, it said, honorable mention to Mayor with why are they acting like you can have an ongoing feud with your Nana? Yes! <laughs> That's not, no one has that. Um, and Heather says, I'm loving the Bedrooms Magazine discussion on the new episode, and I too was puzzled by the counter of toiletries in Steph's kitchen. Um, she was also... I have something she, new about Stephanie's apartment today. But. And Heather also, um, like you, thought that exes were kisses as well. <gasps> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then there was... And I figured out why I thought that, again, another reason why I thought that, is because when you say XXX, isn't that the equivalent of saying kisses, you know? Um, like, I mean, no yeah. One, no one really says, like, hugs, bye. Maybe. Was, I lost one. <laughs> Where was one? Like, Heather, Heather, Heather. I thought I saw another Lee one. There's got to be a more efficient way to do Twitter. I know, I, I, but I'm a dummy, and I don't know how Twitter works, and so I'm sure that there is some way to do this more effectively, but I cannot, because I am a dum-dum. I wish I could get rid of all of the highlights. That would help. Um, okay, Heather, Heather... Oh, this was one. Lee tweeted and said, um, something Joan Crawford would have worn to address PepsiCo. Frank, you've done it again. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. Um, and then, and, uh, this is, uh, um, the albino wino tweeted us, yes. um, about the fact that Justin, Bobby, and Audrina are talking again, but I've already posted that and like, we, we know it's a thing. I know. I have a lot to say about in a minute. And then, ironically... Heather just tweeted us and said, when you're finished with all that recording, the new Kate Casey podcast with Justin Bobby is out. Well, surprise, surprise, I listened to it last night when I got home. I was okay. out for drinks with my cousins. And um, Fill me in. I have a lot to say. So we should also discuss the fact because the morning after we recorded last time, Audrina announced that she was getting divorced from Corey. Oh my God, that's right. We haven't talked about that yet. No. Yeah, so, so that's why... It's kind of exciting that she and Justin are talking, if anybody missed that in yeah, the news cycle. So I, yeah, I completely forgot. But yeah, the right of the day after we recorded, it came out that Adrena and Corey are divorcing. He's apparently abusive. Um, it sounds like a real shit show. Yeah, it's a mess. 
Um, but what has come of this, the good is that she and Justin Bobby are in contact again. Yeah. I think people, well, tell me what you heard on this podcast before I comment and look like an idiot. A lot. Okay. So I learned a lot and I recommend that you guys listen to it. It, um, the whole podcast is only an hour. He's on for maybe like 25 minutes and I have to be honest, towards the end, he started talking a lot about like, you could tell he was done talking about the Hills Under Internet and was talking a lot about like what he's up to now and I could tell they were wrapping up so I turned it off and went to bed. Um, <laughs> um, but it was a really good like 20 minutes. So... Number one, um, I learned how Justin Bobby, his backstory and how he came to be on the Hills. Okay. Um, we already knew that he was the hairdresser from Maroon 5, that he was on, on tour with them. Yeah. But, um, he met Audrina when she was the receptionist at Quixote. Nice. Um, he was there doing the hair for a Madonna video. Ooh. And, um, I guess kept walking by the reception desk and they started talking. He's like, I could just tell she was really sweet. And she asked me if I would do her hair sometime. And I said like, sure. And I guess the MTV people saw him and like picked up. They're like, oh, he's really cute. And so he did her hair once. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm getting this wrong. He did her hair like at her house, I think. And then she came in to film and they're like, oh, we really like your hair. Who did you got your hair done? Who did your hair? And she was like, oh, that guy, Justin, from the video shoot. And they were like, oh, like, we, you know, we'd like to get him in on this. So they actually filmed him cutting her hair again and didn't use it because Damn. they said that it was too, like, they didn't think it was a good plot point for it just to be her hairdresser friend. Like, they wanted it to be, like, her boyfriend. So Kate Casey, and I wouldn't even thought of this, was like, so wait a minute, you guys never went to Vegas, and you never left, she never left you in Vegas. And he's like, no. He's like, the only time I ever went to Vegas with Audrina was when we went on the show. That was like 100% a lie. <sighs> completely, course. completely made up. So that was pretty fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, I also learned that his middle name is Robert, and that's where the Bobby comes from. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I've said this before, we all know that he was using Bobby because he didn't want to, he didn't know if he wanted his name associated with being on reality TV, and then just, uh, Audrina kept fucking up and calling him Justin <laughs> by oh. mistake. <laughs> so that's how he became Justin Bobby. Um, cause she just couldn't get it right. So they were just like, fuck it. <laughs> um, and, uh, one of my other favorites was that he, when they offered him the job, he initially didn't want to take it, and they said, well, how much are you getting paid for your Maroon 5 gig? And he's like, I lied, and I think I, like, tripled it, and they said, okay. And awesome. I'm like, the fuck? I know how much these people make that go on this tour. Like, he must have been making a fortune. Good for a him. A fucking fortune. Like, he had to be, I need to go back. Actually, it's weird. I think it's actually in our Twitter, in my Twitter, our thing is how much they all got made. I've oh, seen yeah. Justin Bobby's on there, but, like, that's impressive. It's a lot of money. Now... The, the really weird part about the interview is that she says to him, like, were you dating? Were you not dating? Like, what the fuck? And he weirdly doesn't say they weren't. What he says is that he's like, they forced this together and there definitely was a courtship, but it was all on screen. Like, I only saw her when we were filming. So he basically implies that, like, yes, they were sort of dating, but literally all their dates were what we've seen. That doesn't surprise me, though. So, if if someone told me that they only hung out when they were on camera, but then when the camera stopped rolling, they hooked up, and then they saw each other, like, two weeks later when they filmed again, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, he never said they hooked up. Okay. He never said they hooked up. Interesting. Yeah, that, I mean, he really implied that, like, the only interaction... And, get ready for this, I'm about to ruin one of the most iconic lines in the hills. Oh no, Truth and Time Tells All? No, Combat Boots <laughs> of the Beach. Oh. So, the way that came to be was he was off that day. He wasn't supposed to be filming. And he was out, like, riding around with his boys. And they needed some drama. And they called him and begged him to come to the party. And I guess they had, um, they had a, a helmet there for Adrena. Remember he gives her the helmet? Yeah. Like, they had a helmet there for her. Like, that was production's helmet. And so he showed up and was like, okay, like I'm here or whatever. And he said he did hundred percent did not leave her. He's like, I would never, he, he came across as really sweet and nice in this podcast. I think he is. He was like, I would never do that. He's yeah. like, I was going, he like, I left with my boys that I was riding with all day. They knew we were only filming for a couple hours. Audrina knew all about it. He's like, 
completely manufactured. Ugh. So it's not like he knew he was going to the beach and wore combat boots. That's so disappointing, yet it also doesn't surprise me. If only because my interaction with Bobby Rock when buying your birthday gift, they were so nice. Well, there's him. Yeah. Uh, I also... I thought Bobby Rock was more than... It's him and someone else, at least. Well, here's the weird thing about that. It originally sounded like it was him and someone else, but he's like, I've been touring by myself. And this is what I don't get, because I want to see it. And he's like, and I play all the instruments. And then he lists, like, drums, bass keyboard i'm like what the fuck like is he like one of those one man bands with like 18 instruments attached to him like how is he doing all of that at once god he needs to come to dc he really does um and he oh and he also he said that he and audrina have been in contact the whole time like they were truly friends before the hills started they're true like nothing to do with the hills they were friends the whole time okay um and he said you know and kate casey said to him like you're you were a dick like, I watched that show, and you were, like, such a dick. Like, what's up? Was that acting? Like, what's going on? And he's like, no. He's like, a lot of times it was stuff they had me say. And he's like, also, you have to remember, it's edited. He's like, you know, they would film us for a week and then, like, take these, like, two little sentences. I said, I'm a little mad she didn't go harder in on him to be like, you can only edit so much, dude. Like, you said some shitty things. Like, what's the deal about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, and she asked him who else from the cast he talked to, and he didn't really say anyone. But he fucking hates Lowe. That was very apparent. Yeah. Like, he hates her. Not surprising. And um, doesn't like Lauren either. And she kind of said, like, what's the deal? And he basically said they just seemed like stuck-up bitches. Like, they weren't real people. And, like, they didn't want anything to do with us when the cameras were on. And, like, whatever. And what I thought was really interesting is he said, Audrina and I have a true friendship like Frankie and Brody. Yeah. That was his his example. Okay. Um, And I'm trying to think... Did he say anything about Heidi and Spencer? No. Not that I remember. Interesting. I mean, nothing bad. Yeah. Um, but everyone should listen to it. You should definitely listen to yeah. it. Again, I was like a little tipsy and half asleep when I did, so, but I wanted to make that, sure I knocked it out of the park. That probably made it better. Probably. Um, but everyone go listen to it. It was really good. And then, um, also in the X-Hills news, um, Lo was recently throwing some heavy shade, um, on the interwebs about, uh, making it sound like she doesn't talk to anyone anymore. Yeah. And that she and Lauren are not friends. I think she and Lauren are still friends. You do? Yeah. She was a bridesmaid in Lauren's wedding three years ago. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, the tone of the article was very like, oh. Well, I think, no, I think they're still friends. I think when she meant cast members, she meant everybody else. I think she and Lauren are still friends. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I posted the article to our Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. She referred to them as coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that didn't bother me as much as her comment about Audrina's divorce. It was not very genuine. When you find out someone's getting divorced, you say, I'm very sorry to hear the news and I wish her all the best. And she said, if she reads the New York Post, I wish her all the best. It's like, no, you wish her all the best regardless of what newspaper she reads. Because her name's going to come up in a Google alert and someone will tell her that you said that. So say something nicer. I think that Lo is still smarting from her own breakup and is probably thrilled that Audrina is joining her in breakup town. Well, and I love Lowe on TV, but going back to her high school days, I'm not going to say that Lowe is, like, the town's sweetheart, obviously. Yeah. I think we know she's not. Um, <laughs> but I think that's, so that's all my house cleaning. Yeah, that's good, though. So I actually did look up whether Nana, our favorite, our beloved Nana, <laughs> is still alive, and she's not. R.I.P. the Nans. Yes. Rest in peace, Nana, with her bucket of worms. When did she die? She died in April of 2016. Oh, shit. She lived to be a long time. I mean, she was, what, nine? Let's see. So 84. Yeah. She was 84 in the episode for No, no, no I'm trying to figure out how old she was. She, she, look, I can't even talk. When she died. So yeah. that was eight years ago. So yeah. she's 94. Yeah. No. She was 84. Oh, 92. Yeah. 92. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I noticed it because it came up in an article from the New York Times about Spencer's dominance of social media and things that he said on Twitter. And I couldn't quite confirm whether she was his father's mother or his mother's mother. I thought you said mother's. So the New York Times articles cited some of his tweets and he said, it hurts so much to see my mother cry this hard or something related to his grandmother. So I think it's his mother's. Okay. Yeah. Nana. So. R.I.P. Nana. But then Nana Pratt wouldn't be a Pratt. Well, they didn't say that. We're calling her Nana Pratt. They just called her Nana. 
She's listed on IMDb as Nana Pratt, The Hills. Oh, then episode. it's the dads. Yeah. It has to be. Okay. I mean, the mom could have been close to her. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, well, also, they might just call her Nana Pratt because we call her that. Oh, on IMDb? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. It's, I doubt, like, IMDb went to the trouble to find out Spencer's mother's maiden name. Yeah. To figure out the name of the grandma. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Either way, Nana's dead, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sad about it. Although, I think we see her again. I'm going to go ahead and say I think we see her Nana? again. Maybe. I don't know. You want to dive into this episode? Well, you have to say that didn't you also find pictures of Stephanie dragging Nana out to red carpet events? I think oh, yeah. we need to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Nana started accompanying Stephanie on the red carpet to some events. Um, but it was still like 2008. It was a similar year and Stephanie's wearing like her Vey Leger dresses and like sparkly eyeshadow. But then there's well, Nana. But I thought that your theory was like, oh, obviously this worked. And now Stephanie's dragging Nana out to a bunch of events. 100%. Yeah. She wanted to look like a doting grandchild. Yeah. She won. It worked. Yep. Um, okay, we can dive into Dream Boy, Dream Job. Um, we get a little at the top with the rehash of the Audrina and Elsie Justin Bobby fight, which I thought was weird they would even bring that up because it didn't occur. Like, it had nothing to do with anything in this episode. Nope. So I'm not sure why we had a rehash of that. Um, we have a rehash of the Pratts versus Cameron. Um, I could not care less about that. Me neither. I really, I can't. And Although I said that about Nana last week, and look at how much joy she brought me. True. Maybe Cameron will bring you the same joy. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we had um, a little bit of Wit and um, the Australian dirtbag known as Jay. He's got an overbite. He's not a good looking dude. I think he's cute. Ugh. I, I, we're not having this conversation. <laughs> um, okay. So then, after that, we are at People's Revolution. Yeah. And... Um, we see Kelly. We see Kelly, which was pretty exciting. She had makeup on today. Oh, she did. You're yeah. right. She did. Oh, yeah, yeah. She looks... Kelly uh, actually looked not haggard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what I find interesting about this whole situation with Whitney and this job opportunity, as we are learning, it seems like a done deal from the get-go. Yeah. So Kelly says, I ran into Alex from Diane oh. von Furstenberg. Not Alex. Elix. Oh, yeah. Well, it's spelled A-L-I-X-E. But it was Elix because I did, thought she said, I wrote Elix the first time when they didn't have it on the screen because I was like, what the fuck kind of name is Elix? Doesn't Aleeks? the woman introduce herself as Alex later? No. She says Elix. She says Elix. That is the most Zoolander thing I've ever Ever. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Derelict. So, Kelly says she ran into this woman from Diane von Furstenberg and that there's a job opportunity to do public relations in-house and that Whitney would be perfect for it, given that Whitney has, quote, done a lot for us. Yeah. I wrote, why the fuck is Kelly finding Whitney a job? Yeah. Like, Whitney apparently is a valued employee, which I actually believe she was. Like, I don't think, I, I think unlike Lauren, she worked a little. I have a question about it later. Oh, back up. Um, I forgot in the house cleaning as to our last episode, I did look up Stephanie Pratt. Oh, you did? At FITM. And was I wrong? you are correct. Oh. But the article I found was from 2008. It was awesome. It was someone that went there and they were like, oh yeah, yeah Stephanie's like in blog, my classes. Right? And they were like, and all she would talk about is her, her brother. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, same So thing. she was kind of... She wasn't there. I don't think she graduated. She's not listed as a graduate, but I think she actually did go. Yeah, and then it said at the end, they were talking about her and Lauren. They were like, they have a very strict policy that you can only miss like three classes a semester. Yeah. And they were like, there's no way they yeah. graduated. Right. But anyway, you were correct. So That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. I, I listened to our episode and I wondered <laughs> if that yeah, was going to come back. I, I looked me. it up. But no, no, no. You were 100% right. So anyway, Alex, so we're back to uh, DVF and yeah. Kelly and Whitney. So Whitney looks adorable in this whole episode, by the way. She's wearing a navy dress with a little red heart print, which is a little cutesy for work, but I still really enjoyed it. And like I said, Kelly's wearing makeup. And Kelly says it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, this job. And you would be doing PR for a legend. Which is true yeah. to people who are in fashion. So the job is in New York, which Whitney is a little hesitant about. But then she says, I always saw myself in New York, which I was surprised by. 
Because she is born and raised in California. Oh, I'm not. Because I think that she has truly been fashion career driven from Jump Street. And for anyone who's fashion career driven, New York is the end all. You have to at least try it. Yeah. And I think that's what Whitney realizes throughout this episode. So then, you know, Kelly, she bolsters up this job position even more and says, you know, you have to go to this interview. And Whitney says, I have to do it. And it seems like by getting on this plane, she's taking the job. So. Yeah. And thanks to the city, you know, we know she does. I didn't realize that she worked for Diane von Furstenberg in the city. I just assumed she worked for Kelly. No. Yeah, she works for DBF. Yeah, no, I had no idea. In that cool building. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later. Yeah. (laughs) So then we go over to the fortress, also known as Audrina's house. Mm Mm-hmm. And Lauren is over having a glass of wine. To see the new house. Yeah. Which, by the way, she's been at for quite a while. But last week, Lauren couldn't even drum up the energy to have drinks with Audrina. Mm-hmm. And now she's finally getting a tour. Okay. Whatever. So then Audrina calls the house her bachelorette pad. And Lauren says, what about Justin? You don't want it anymore? <laughs> like his junk, apparently. And then Audrina goes, oh no, I still want it. <laughs> <laughs> So then Lauren says that her parents are moving out of their huge mansion in Laguna Beach and that they are leaving Laguna Beach. I don't think they went far. I think they went like one town over. It's like Real Housewives of Orange County. Like um, I wrote, Elsie can never return to Laguna again. She, it was so stupid. She was like, not that many people I know live there anymore. My parents are leaving. Everyone's no life. It's a really sad time for me. I'm just like, I want to punch her in her Throat puncher. Also, she owns her own house in Laguna Beach now for when she and her husband want to go on vacation. Yeah. So I, know. I don't feel bad for Lauren and her millionaire real estate problems. Lauren continues to wear a low ponytail with heavy bang. And this looked like last night's curled hair pulled into a ponytail. It had a very long rat tail vibe as she went up the stairs. <laughs> Sorry. It did. Um, but that's about that. Yeah, that was man boring. Yep. So then we go to a taqueria, Pinches Tacos. Yes. With Stephanie and Spencer. And Spencer is borderline nice to Stephanie. I'm going to go say actually nice. Okay. All right. We can take it there. <laughs> I mean, he definitely cut her a couple times. but Yeah, but he says the nicest thing to her at the end of the scene. I think he's ever said to her. Yeah. So... Stephanie is very distraught over her relationship with Cameron, and if you didn't remember they were dating, that's okay, because it's really boring. It's, it's, A, it's really boring. <laughs> B, they've apparently broken up five times. Four but, or five, she can't remember. The fuck? Hasn't he been in two episodes, if that? Like, no, no he has not been mentioned in forever. Like, he it hasn't made any screen time. It's, yeah. It's, it's nonsense. Yeah. Also... So Spencer, Stephanie gives an example of one of their fights and says that she always goes to his house and he won't go to her house. And Spencer says, this guy is not worth your time if he can't drive 15 minutes, which that's a mantra for life. (laughs) But who won't drive 15 minutes in LA? I feel like you can't even drive to get a coffee in 15 minutes in LA. And I have been in this situation before and nothing is more annoying when you're dating someone and like you always end up at their fucking house. Like it's annoying as fuck. Yeah, but like... And then they end up living with you. (laughs) Everyone drives in LA. Like, I I just don't... That's weird. He's lazy. Yeah. So... Or devil's advocate. Yeah. As we were going to... I'm going to discuss a little bit later. Stephanie is a pig woman. Yes. (laughs) So maybe he just doesn't want to go over to her pig palace. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, point. I'm gonna play We're going to get advocate. there. We're I mean, get not there. like I believe that like some 22 year old boy is cleaner than like a young lady, but like I, you know, it's not good. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure if Stephanie had enough bracelets on. Oh, you think? Oh my God. She had like six bracelets on her left hand and maybe 15 on her right hand. Because she keeps putting her hand, like, in her, her head and her hands uh-huh. on the table. And you can see nothing but bracelet. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. So then Spencer tells Stephanie that she should just become a nun. <laughs> well, Amy says, you should just join a nun thing. Yeah, move into one of those nun, yeah, one of those <laughs> nun places. But this is where Spencer says the nicest thing he's ever said and says, you can do a lot better than that guy. Yeah. 
And I think sincerely means it. Yeah. He I mean, Cameron, as we know, one of the non-manufactured thing on the hills is the tumultuous relationship between Stephanie and Spencer. Right. Because it's ongoing to this day. But, yeah. like, I think that somewhere in there, he actually cares about her. Yes. And we know he hated Cameron because they get in a fist fight, like, at some point in the yeah. near future. Yeah. So, there you go. He's being genuine. Then we go back to People's Revolution and we rehash Whitney's meeting with Kelly to Lauren. Nothing is new. New job potential. Moving to New York. She's flying in one day for an interview and then flying back. And Lauren says, you have to see Jay. And Whitney says, I know I have to see him for a second, but Kelly wants me back the next day. That is a load of shit. Um, it's a load of shit, and this is a lie that will be repeated in perpetuity on the hills. That, like, when people from the West Coast go to New York, they go for one night. Yeah, no. The fuck? Yeah, no. No. And if my boss wanted me to do that, I would say, oh, I have an uncle I'm very close to that I would love to visit. Like, wouldn't you just lie to get, like, one night to yourself? Well, and also, Kelly has work for her to do in New York. She has an office there. Yeah. Like, go have your interview, work at the People's Revolution in New York for a couple days. Like, I, uh, duh? Yeah. I mean, to spend 12 hours total round trip on an airplane, to spend 12 hours total in New York, I mean, it's stupid. Well, and also, with how much money Whitney probably has at this point, if Kelly didn't, it was being cheap and didn't want to put her up for the night, wouldn't Whitney just say, I, I just need my own room for the night? Oh, I think what was being implied was that, like, Kelly needed her back for work. But it's like, you know what? Then have your interview, leave Thursday night, have your interview on a Friday, yeah. stay in New York Saturday, Sunday, come back Sunday on the red eye. Like, I don't, like, the fuck? Yeah, whatever. So... Then Lauren is responsible for the title of this episode and says, Oh, wit, dream boy, dream job. And then Whitney says, I think is a reminder to herself that she would be moving for the job. Yeah. Not the boy. Yeah. Questionable. It looks like Sideshow Bob. <laughs> um, and then Lauren says the le least sincere thing I think I've ever heard her say, which oh. was, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> but it came out so... She was like, I'm really happy for you. Like, behind her eyes, it was like, why am I being offered the job? I want to go to New York. I don't know. Because it's Lauren. Lauren is done with this shit. Yeah. She is so checked out in every scene. And we've been saying that for a while. Well, and Justin Bobby kind of confirms that a little bit on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, she was dating a celebrity. She was making money. She had her Coles line. Like, what was she still doing? You know? Yeah. Anyway. So then we go to... Falcon, which sounds... Restaurant and Lounge. Sounds a lot more exciting than it was. Caca! <laughs> <laughs> and Stephanie walks in with Cameron and says, I'm not sure they know you're coming, but I bet they'll be really happy you're here. Um, that's two lies back to back. Like, <laughs> you didn't tell them he was coming, I'm guessing. And they hate him. Why would they be really happy that he's here? So they sit down at this booth and Spencer immediately says, I thought we were having dinner, the three of us. Just putting that awkwardness right out front. And Stephanie looks instantly embarrassed and says, Spencer, and then puts her bracelets up again in front of her face. And, and Heidi says, well, he's just being protective. Heidi, go back to eating your appetizer. We don't know what you're saying. And then Spencer says, well, last I heard, he was making you cry. It's none of your business, dude. And say that to your sister on the side, like, when, next time you go to the taqueria. And then Cameron sort of sticks up for himself, but it's really pathetic. And he says, well, we're going to try again. Start over. For the fifth time? <laughs> uh, my only note in this whole scene was Spencer is savage. Yeah. Yeah. He loves to put things right out there in a way that yeah. makes everyone uncomfortable. But poor Heidi. What are they doing with Heidi right now? Nothing. Yeah, Heidi. Taking a big old backseat. Yeah, she gets no dialogue right now. It's a little sad. And she looked great. She did look really pretty. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. So then we go to Laguna Beach briefly, and we see Lauren drive up to her parents' house, which we saw many a time on Laguna Beach. And we've seen it on the hills before, right? 
Yes, we have. She went home... Oh, yeah, to escape the pressure of L.A. that time where her mom cut the tomatoes yeah. for her. Right. How dare I forget that. So Lauren gets out of her convertible wearing pretty, but not my style, just flowy kind of bohemian style top that's like pink and orange and kind of ombre, tie-dye, whatever you want to call it. Tight jeans and pumps. And this is what she showed up to pack her room in. At least wear a cute sneaker. Well, I'm sure she just popped them off. I know, but like going through old boxes, that's what you're going to wear? Well, but she's being filmed to go through old boxes. She could have found a happy medium. That's all I'm saying. She's a fashionista, for God's sake. She designs clothes. I don't think there were as many high top sneaker wedge hybrids back then as there are now. But she could have had a different style shoe on it. Maybe a really cute t-shirt with a tight jean. But, you know, heels give you a dead ass. I'm, the shoes were not the crime. I'm just, I'm going to stand by it. I'm with you. She was overdressed for packing her room, but there were cameras there. So. Even Lowe looked more appropriate to pack her friend's room than Lauren did. Lowe's wearing heels too. But Lowe at least had like, I know it wasn't a painter shirt, but it looked like one. To be fair. It was probably like a $500 Other than shirt. her, I'm like, I'm a seductress from the 1940s outfit from last week. Yeah. Lowe normally <laughs> dresses like that every day of her life. That's so. true. Well, whatever. The statement stands. It's just not yeah. what you wear to pack. And Lauren has this nice chat with her mom and dad, who we've seen many a time. And they said it's too much house for two people. And Lauren's youngest sibling, her younger brother, is almost done with high school, so they want to relocate. But what I thought was hilarious is, and you can tell that Lauren is the golden child, because they go on oh. about her, and then they, like, casually mention the sister, and then as an aside, mention the brother, yeah. who is not done with high school for two years. Yeah. It's not like he's leaving any second. Yeah. I also don't think they left Laguna Beach. I think they moved to a smaller, smaller house. house. Yeah. They're not going to make him change high schools as a 16-year-old. Yeah, I know. Unless he wanted to, but I don't. I don't know. I'm assuming because he was Well, Lauren. but she actually never... It's weird. Like, as much as she was quiet, she never says they're leaving Laguna. She just keeps saying, we'll never see the house again, the house, the house, the house. She never full-on says they're leaving well, Laguna. Well, so Audrina says, they're leaving Laguna, question mark. And Lauren says, yeah. But I sounded edited. And what Audrina said is, oh, they're leaving the Laguna house. Because they meaning, live in Laguna now. Right. I think what Audrina originally asked was, oh, they're leaving your Laguna Beach house, meaning the show Laguna Beach, not the town. And Lauren said, yeah. Gotcha. But they switched it up a little. But anyway, you know, the big Tuscan mansion on the hillside, we get to see it again. Well, I have two angry points. Well, one angry point. One they're not angry. packing yet. Huh? They're not packing yet. Is this about the parents? Yeah. Okay. It's about the parents. Just checking. <laughs> Slow your roll, lady. Sorry. Um, so I said there are no way they are packing themselves. Like oh, people that yeah. rich, I know people way less rich that hire movers to pack them. There are no way Lauren's parents are packing up that fucking kitchen by themselves. I think when Lauren said packing, she meant going through that pile of shit that someone set aside for me so oh, they no, no, know no. what to throw I away. I believe that Lauren has to go through the stuff in her room that she wants to keep. I don't believe her father and mother in the kitchen with U-Haul boxes putting cookbooks. Like, that was totally staged. Oh, yeah. Like, the second the cameras were off, they were like, okay, packing people, finish that. I mean, they weren't packing themselves. 100%. I also wrote that Elsie's mom is hot as shit. I know. Her mom's gorgeous. Fucking gorgeous. I think I said in one episode that I almost thought her mom was prettier than her. She is a thousand percent prettier than her. Her mom would have been a great Real Housewife of Orange County. Oh, yeah. She seems a little too stable, though. I think she's too nice, is what I was going to say. But looks-wise, oh, she would put those ladies in the dust. Yeah, she's gorge. And whatever work she's had done, I know this was eight years ago, it's very light-handed because and she's just beautiful. Weirdly, her dad looks better now. Like, I didn't want to do her dad in this episode, but in the reunion special, the, the 10th anniversary special, I thought the dad was looking pretty hot. So he's definitely done something to himself in the last uh, six years. Well, he's not raising kids. He's retired. Maybe he's working out a little more Maybe. or something. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So then we go to New York. And... <laughs> what? laughing. <laughs> and the music got better in this episode for uh -huh, about yeah. 10 seconds because it was Britney Spears' circus. Yep. Which is very exciting because, you know, the city is such a circus. Mm -hmm. And Whitney... I'm feeling her interview look. Oh, she looks amazing. Yeah. So she's wearing a black shirt dress with a pretty big belt, but not a, not like Audrina, Stephanie, or Heidi big. 
appropriately big. And it had some cutout details over the shoulder going like from the back to the front. She's got tall heels on, but not super tall because she's already tall. I would say probably three inch. Yeah, they were very reasonable. And then she's got her hair down, but then half is twisted back and her makeup looks insane. Yeah, she looks awesome. I know. I want to... Did she do that makeup herself? Fuck no. Because it looked really good. No. It was very like natural, matte, just great daytime look. At this point, they are for sure getting their own makeup done. This was her teaser into her getting her own show. Yeah. She's going okay. to Diane Von first. Like, for sure, they had someone do her hair and makeup. Yeah, she looked great. Yeah, she And did. I she love the color of her hair, too. It's pretty. Well, she's got the lighter ends, too, that I always think I want, and then I don't do it. Anyway. <laughs> so, the funny thing is, is this young secretary or whoever comes down to greet Whitney... Um, no, we're missing the biggest part. Oh, yes. So, we the get to Diana von Furstenberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney walks through the door. It's a cool building. Let's they, say that, too. They do a very cool building. They do a quick little, quick little interstitial where you see this artwork that they have painted on the glass frosted wall at Diane von Furstenberg, and it just looks like a like one of the women from the Robert Palmer video being double teabagged. Yeah, it looks like a giant mushroom on her face or something. Yeah, it does look like a mushroom. But it also looks like two sets of testicles. Like, I yeah. don't, like, what the, like, what the fuck? I'm like, wait, that's what the first thing you see when you walk into DBF? It's like, oh, teabag me. I don't... We should look up. It's probably a famous photographer. It's gotta be. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, it was hilarious and I couldn't stop laughing Diane von Furstenberg was married to a count or something. She's, like, we need to figure that out. I'll look it up. Um, also, so this beautiful building is in the meatpacking district. And the first time I ever went to New York, I think the city was still on. So I recognized it instantly. And I remember like telling my husband to pause. I was like, the hills. (laughs) I was very excited. Um, and you were talking about the secretary that came in to get her. Yes. Um, my note was attack of the fembots. Mine like was the clackers from <laughs> the Devil Wears Prada. You can hear them going up in these stairs, and it's a clack, 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 clack. Like, they're both wearing heels that they probably shouldn't be on stairs that slippery. And that's what I was thinking, like, why would DVF design this office space with that staircase, knowing that 90% of the people in there are wearing stiletto heels and have to tromp up and down the stairs all that? I mean, it was a very steep, very long staircase. Because fashion people will tell you fashion is not about practicality, convenience, or utility. Which is fair. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's about looking fierce as fuck. And if I looked like Whitney, I'd want to look like that too. Um, if I'm wearing stilettos, it's about finding the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's about for me. <laughs> uh, excuse me, where's the elevator? <laughs> well, it's true. Going up this. Well, going up the stairs, the good news is... is that no one goes fast upstairs in stilettos. It's not like Whitney was struggling to keep up with this young girl. Oh, no. But that's what I mean. Like, it, it, it also in fashion, it's just like, quick, go, run. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take the stairs. I'll see you in 15 to 20. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the concept. Yeah. Whitney, you're late for this meeting. Okay, I'm going to be a little later. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Plus, I mean, we all know Whitney and stairs. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Although, wasn't she wearing flats in that one, too? Yeah. Oh, even worse. Well, going up is easier than going down, so maybe she did fall. (laughs) So then we meet... Alix. Oh, my God. Alix. I can't with that. Yeah, I just wrote Alix, question mark, what the fuck. She's pretty, too. She is pretty. Her name's stupid. Yeah, she actually kind of looks like Lauren's mom. A little. I can see that. Similar coloring, blue eyes. Anyway, so she says that she ran into Kelly and Kelly was very complimentary of Whitney. And she says, why don't you tell me some of what you've been doing? And Whitney is, she's a pretty good interview going back to her interviews of yesteryear. She's not great, but she's not bad. What I found interesting about when she describes her work with People's Revolution, she talks about the Sass and Bide show. Which we saw her work how long ago? But have we seen her work a show since then? No. Yeah. So this is where the timeline gets fuzzy. And then later in the episode is when I it gets even fuzzier. So Alix... Well, I can tell you the timeline right now. It's Fashion Week. Yeah. September. She says it's Fashion Week. Yeah. So Alix says that. Um, but anyway, 
Elise also says that she's looking for an image coordinator to work on all facets of the brand and asks Whitney if she's ready to move. And Whitney's ready. I have something to say about this, though, because okay. she says, like, what we want is, like, we in-house PR and we want an image coordinator. And Whitney has no fucking idea what she's talking about. No. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been in an interview where someone is like, we need to do this and this. And you're like, I'll figure it out later. But Whitney's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't know what an image coordinator I don't know what an image coordinator is. Like, what would your day-to-day job be? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I know what PR is. Right. But where Whitney actually hits it home is after Elise asks her if she's ready to move and change her lifestyle, Whitney says, I wouldn't have taken this job up, this job interview if I wasn't really serious about wanting to do this and I want to go into this business wholeheartedly or something, which was a good answer. The only thing I thought where she dropped the ball, and you can't because this is a done deal and MTV already got her this job, but yeah. <laughs> was when she kept talking about all the things that it would do for her. Like, if I was a prospective interviewer, I would be like, what are you doing for me? You know, because she was just like, oh, I want to take this job because I think it'll help me learn something that I haven't done before and will help me with it. I'm like, so you're going to work for me for a year to pad your resume and then bounce? Like, that's what I would be worried about as an interviewer. Well, she was also asked, why DVF? Uh, I would expect a response about why you love Diane von Furstenberg and how she's revolutionized clothes for women. I would have shut up in an interview in a wrap dress. 100%. 100%. Quite frankly. Yeah. I would have said, like, no one knows how to work with a print like Diane von Furstenberg. She did this. She did this. Like, there should at least have been a one-sentence soundbite there. But maybe they cut it out for all yeah. we know. Um, but, yeah. It seems like a slam dunk. Well, but... and then Whitney says what I'm sure the producers wrote for her is, I'm ready to come to the city. Yeah. Oh, that was God. for sure written. Yeah. Good call. Hey, Bay. So then we go back to L.A., and we go to the Sheep Rat Lair. And you guys. holy hell. First of all, I put, good news, guys. <laughs> Stephanie's definitely not on meth. Because <laughs> her house is a fucking pigsty. Yeah. There are blankets everywhere. It basically looked like she hosted a drunken slumber party for 50 people. And everything is still on the counters in the kitchen. There's just shit everywhere. And yeah. now, granted... My apartment definitely has looked like that a time or two in my life. But not when people were coming over to film in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm having a friend over or hosting book club or... Like, my house, I make sure like, it's immaculate. Like, and she as MTV is coming to your house to film you. Yeah. And your house looks like a bomb went off. Yeah. Well, it's not the only thing that looked like a bomb went off. Stephanie yeah. answers the door in a hoodie... And that's day-old makeup on her face going away. I mean, do you think they showed up at like 8 a.m. or something? No, I think she and Cameron had a drunken fight. And the next morning, after she'd been crying and gone to bed in her disgusting turquoise eyeliner, he said, let me come over, let's talk about this. And then he showed up. Well, but she wasn't drinking then. Could have fooled me. She looked like it. I know, but yeah, but I mean, she allegedly was, and I believe... I. There was a glass of champagne on her side of the table at dinner at Falcon. It wasn't his? Oh, It was, like, in between them. Oh. But, just saying, she didn't look like... That didn't just look like crying face. And given the state of her apartment, I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. So, her and Cameron break up, I guess. Um, I wrote, Stephanie and Cameron break up and no one cares. Yeah. She said, this used to be the happiest relationship I'd ever been in, and it's not anymore. Okay. Great. We've seen none of it. We don't care. Yeah, do not care. Although, I will say this, and it was taking me all the episode to figure out who, but I finally did. So, Cameron, to me, reminds me of and looks like Hunter from The Challenge. I don't watch that, but I'll take your word for it. What? I used to. You need to... This one's good. This The Challenge 30 is fucking good. But anyway, there's this guy named Hunter, and he looks kind of like Cameron. In the face. Alright. I believe you. So then we go back to Laguna Beach, and we watch Lauren and Lowe go through old things. So what Frank didn't know with watching this, because he didn't watch Laguna Beach, this is not Lauren's... It is her Laguna Beach house, and it isn't. Season one, they live in a smaller house, and then this house that she's packing up right now is being built. And this was like their big fancy house that her dad designed. And there's a scene in season one where she and Steven go and sit in the pool before the pool is finished and cutesy stuff like that. 
But this, when she gets all upset about calling this her home, it's been her home for three years, four years. This is where I became a rage case. Right. Like a rage case. But so what I found interesting too is that we have to watch her pack up all this shit and it's her middle school diaries and old notebooks and her first cell phone. Why did she move with that stuff at the age of 18 or 19? Oh, well, I mean, my parents didn't move, but I had all that shit, like, well into my 20s. Okay. I, in fact, I just finally got rid of it. I'm trying to think what move I got. I bet I got rid of it maybe 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. I had boxes full of, like, old papers and notes from high school and all that shit. Okay. But when you're 19, do you want... So, Lowe says these notebooks are from middle school. If they were diaries, I will excuse it. But if they were, like, school notebooks, she should have tossed those when she was 19. Oh, I had shit from elementary school. No. Okay. All right. Some people are sentimental. I'm not sentimental at all for middle school, so maybe that's why. Or high school. But what I didn't get was, I don't, like, I think it's fucked up of MTV now to clarify this, because she says when she's reading the diary, oh, this is from the house that we lived in until I was 15. And then you informed me that between that house and this house, they lived in another house. That makes sense, though. So they moved out of a house when she was 15, and that house that we probably see her in, in season one of Laguna, they lived in for, what, two years while this house was being built. That makes sense. But that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. shady as fuck of her, because in this, it makes it sound like when I was 15, I'm... And even when I didn't know that fact, and I thought it was just 15, in my notes, I was like, what the fuck? Your parents were only there for six years. Why are you acting like there was a goddamn death in the family? Yeah. And to find out that she didn't even live there until she was in college, which means she didn't even really live live there. Yeah. Like, what are you sentimental about? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So she goes through all this old stuff and she also finds a will that she wrote and the most annoying part of her will, not only does she not read the parts where she discloses possessions to anybody, which is what a will is for. It's basically just a list of like, I loved you and demands. And the one demand she reads out loud is that she wants to be married in her homecoming dress with her crown on her coffin. Yep. It's very telling as to who Lauren is, I think. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that there. Although I am impressed that she was planning that because I did used to plan my own funeral a lot when I was in high school because it's a fun pastime. Um, So I like that she was at least doing that. I can relate to her on that level. Okay. So then she does this whole, like, never be my home. I guess my own home will be my home. And Lo says, we're not old enough for that yet. And... Then Lauren says, hey, want to go pack the car? And I said, with what? Your old notebooks from high school? <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, I don't, I, I guess I'm just a different person, but I don't understand. Like, when I left my parents' house, I, like, never looked back and was never, yeah. like, sentimental and wanted to stay there. And, like, I actually hate staying anywhere in my own house or hotel now. So, like, I don't, I've never been someone who's like, oh, I want to go sleep with my parents. Like, that's dumb and weird, in my opinion. I've never been like that either. Yeah, so. I don't get it. Anyway, final scene. We go back to New York. Whitney is leaving her interview at Diane von Versenberg. Oh and Jay is waiting for her outside. He looks like he just rolled out of bed. He's wearing a t-shirt. And I think he has a flannel tied around his waist like it's 1992. And they are so horny for one another. First of all, we need to talk about the fact that he looks like that someone from that movie Sausage Party drew him. He's got like a fucked up overbite, ugly, weird, elongated face. His hair is stupid. And his, I like an Australian accent. Like, I don't want to offend Lee. But um, he even manages to make an Australian accent horrible. I would do it. I hate him. Okay. I want him to get hit by a bus. I would. That's all I'm going to say. So... All of a sudden, they are mid-sentence, and Whitney's talking about this job, and she wants to get out of L.A., and then she just puts her hands, like, on his neck and chest, like she wants to jump his bones on the sidewalk, and she's mid-sentence. I don't know what she's saying, and he's like, I love this address, babe. You look hot. Um, I wrote, Whitney and Jay are going to fuck in the street. Oh, my God. (laughs) They are about to hop in the back of a cab. Yeah. And speaking of, why didn't they? Why didn't he just roll with her to the airport and then take the subway back? I'm sure they just went back to his apartment and did it, and then she left the next day. I know. Um, but I went insane because he says to her the most inane thing ever when she's getting in the cab. What does he say? So I'm not going to see you until next time? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's how life works. 
That's how the space-time <laughs> continuum works. You don't see someone until the next time you see them. Yeah. What a dumbass. <laughs> like you needed to be less attracted to him. <laughs> so, also, where this timeline gets really screwed. So we now know, thanks to Alix, it's Fashion Week. Yes. So September. Right. And he says it's only been a month since he last saw her. He said it's already been too long and it's only been a month. So August? So, but last time they were in New York, it was Men's Fashion Week. And I know we looked it up, but is it a full month before regular Fashion Week? I don't think so, but we'll look it up and talk about it. And yeah, the, the time, timing is like, a little I weird. And I mean, also, it's possible that she's, because they really dated, right? It's, isn't it possible that she was flying out to see him and he's flying out to see her? I have no idea. And I think I need to look up if they really dated or whether he was just sort of a Justin Bobby figure for the city. Like, because I could easily see MTV being like, we're only fil filming you in New York because you want you to, you're moving to New York, the city, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to see him okay. in LA. So they went to New York only four episodes ago. A month. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. Take it back. But I'm curious to see what the relationship was with Jay. And I need to remind myself of that. So okay. we will look things up. We will. Um, and then she gets to the cabin leaves. And then we have some scenes for the next, which is Spidey's Mexican wedding. Woo! And Whitney leaves. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, all right. Well, it's actually an international podcasting day. So happy yes. international podcasting day to all of you. Um, and we will see you next week because we're about to record another. Woohoo! Have a great day. <sighs> and that's our episode. And you can find the podcast on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Frankly Mayor B. And if you have any comments or questions, you can email us at franklymareb at gmail.com. You can find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey It's Mare B. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We'd love it if you could go to iTunes and give us a star rating and review and please subscribe. Until next time. <laughs>